Welcome, you're listening to Break the Cycles. My name is Yun. And it's your boy Sal. We're motorcycle enthusiasts, sharing with you our experiences on the road, stories of our motorcycle travels, and the lessons we've learned along the way. Welcome to Break the Cycles. I'm Jan. I'm joined by my co-host Sal and Farida. And today we're going to be talking with Jackie about her motorcycling experience. So to start off, uh, Jackie, will you tell us how did you get into motorcycling? Sure. Um, I started riding almost three years ago now. Um, funnily enough, I got into it because I was sick of having to find parking in D.C., I had no idea that this was going to become this huge life passion for me. And I actually didn't know anyone who rode, which is how I ended up buying a Vulcan 650 for my first bike because it looked cool. Um, I <laughs> quickly realized that that was not going to cut it with uh, the quality of DC roads. So I got a KLX 250 and more recently graduated to the, the Triumph Scrambler 1200 XE. So this all started because of parking issues? Yes. <laughs> That's wow. the first time I've and, heard that. And since then, it's taken me to Thailand and Mexico and California and all over the place. But truly, it started because no one can park in D.C. Wait, Thailand. This is the first story I heard from you. Tell us more about your Thailand story because that was wow, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> that was pretty wild. Um I did it six months into having my license. I went with a friend I had made. She was one of the DC leaders. Her name is Lauren. And we found a flight deal on Black Friday, which for anyone listening, look for flight deals between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's the way to go. I think we got there and back for $400 round trip. So we said, why not? Let's do it. And so that's how we ended up there. And we ended up getting really lucky and meeting Ian Gatensby, who is a very tall Australian who has a shop in Chiang Mai called Writer's Corner, which I highly recommend. And he took one look at at least me and thought, oh, God, I should go with these girls. So he actually guided our tour <laughs> <laughs> through the Mayong Son loop. And that is how I learned how to corner is him just gently taking me aside, which is crazy because it's 20 percent grade and hairpin turns. And there's really something to be said for throwing yourself into it head first, as long as you've got some guardian angels on the way. How, how long have you been riding before you took this trip? Six months. So I got wow. my license October or September 2018, and then we went in March of 2019. So, so she started riding a motorcycle in America, and she learned how to turn a motorcycle in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it all comes back to parking. <laughs> That's pretty good. Jackie, so since your uh, writing, getting into writing wasn't the most traditional way, let's take a class, let's take it easy. Uh, what is like um, a lesson you learned early on since you kind of jumped in? And I would say reaching out to friends. Um, I was a little intimidated by the motorcycle community because, you know, if you don't ride, you have all of these impressions, especially since I'm from California and I'm used to all the big Harley riders and that's, that was the image in my head. You're from California? I am. I try huh. really hard to hide that in my voice. I'm not always that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't um, have guessed. 
Yeah, I, I think these guys that. don't know you well. I should have done the introduction. <laughs> guys, this is Jackie. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Baddest <laughs> ass riders I know. She's taking me personally on her bike. Uh, that was so fun. And we places. got pulled over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In DC. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And the cop asked for her license and she gave him her credit card. <laughs> I in forgot about the that. Thank, thank God he found that charming. It was, in my defense, it was the State of the Union, and Farida was on the back taking photos, and it was near government buildings, so they were curious what on earth we were doing. Um, oh. <laughs> and, you of know, course, of course, the woman wearing hijab is taking pictures, not suspicious at well, all. Thank God for the helmet, but Jackie's plates are not really visible. She likes to hide them to make sure she gets pulled over. <laughs> oh. Well, this was when I had knocked it off and then bolted it onto the frame, like on the side. I now have a legal tail tidy, thanks to Kevin Stanley of Moto Chop Shop, who has taken care of a lot of my uh, less clever ideas. But at the time, yeah, my plate was like hanging off the left side of the bike. <laughs> so, so did you also forget which, which country you were in when you handed in the credit card? You were going to pay them off? <laughs> <laughs> Not Thailand. <laughs> Here, think, swipe my car. Let us go. I think police in any country would have laughed at me for that. <laughs> um, but you were asking like how I got into it, really. Um, and like I was saying, I definitely thought the moto community would be more intimidating than it was. And actually, one of the first people I met, who Jan and Farida know well, is the infamous Brad Fowler. And I. God, I think I'd had my license two weeks at that time. And he put me on an XR80 in his backyard, which was just totally swampy at the time. It had just rained. And he said, just get on the throttle. See how it goes. He just wanted to see me be shit in the corners. My accent not that bad. <laughs> he heard that. And I don't know if you can hear Brad. him saying, oh, Brad's my accent's Brad. not that bad. It's a, it depends, Brad. But you're right. That wasn't, that wasn't a great impression. But anyway, it was... He just wanted to see me beef it in the corners, but that got me over the fear of dropping a bike, that's for sure, because I think I only made it 30 feet each time. Um, and from there, we became friends, and he really got me interested in the mechanics of a bike. Um, I've just been really lucky to meet kind and interesting people along the way, um, <laughs> from Brad, who's making faces at me, to even when I was in California, I went that December and I didn't account for the change in temperature between, I was going from Palm Springs to San Diego, which are both warm, but I didn't think about going up into the mountains and I had spring gloves and suddenly it was below 30 and like my knuckles were frozen. I was totally freaking out and I had let this uh, one percenter gang go past me and they were really nice and appreciative that, and by the way, this is before Thailand, so I still didn't know how to corner. So I, <laughs> so I let Some them go context. and after like an hour of this I was just miserable um and you I walked into grips? the bar This was the Vulcan I do oh, I do have uh, them now and that is why <laughs> So I walk into the bar and my hands are just frozen in this like claw like formations and the, the group leader came up to me and he was like oh hey you're the you're the rider who let us go and he ended up giving me his glove liners which were oh two sizes too big for my hands as in like you could have fit both hands in one clutch and yeah it was just so nice um so that all goes back to the theme of just really being open to learning from all the people who want to help you along the way 
So speaking of frozen hands, I remember writing <laughs> another time behind Jackie in DC and Brad was leading in 30 degree weather. And I had my phone out taking videos, of course, of <laughs> and it was 30 degrees and my fingers were frozen. <laughs> That was through Rock Creek. I remember that. And the awesome Jackie told me to put my hands in her jacket pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So I had my camera on my, you know, my fingers and then sticking them into Jackie's jacket pocket. And the video still came out great. Yeah, they were Um, great videos and pictures. That was an awesome night. Reminds me of a great young story. Um, Speaking of people. We should have been recording video. I wish we'd captured that Facebook. Oh, it's narrative. there. It's there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that was another one of those moments where it's just awesome to have people helping you along and then you can turn and help people in return. But I, uh, this was before I learned to ride dirt. I don't know if you're picking up on the theme of kind of leaking before I look, but as soon as I brought, bought the scrambler, I took it out to California and did the northern, I did the Southern California BDR north oh, yeah. and south. I remember this. And I was on street tires. I was on TKC 70s in deep sand with zero dirt training. And it, it went exactly how you would expect it to go. Very um, smooth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is an amazing drone shot of me face down in the sand. That I oh, I have to see this. Oh, you got you got to send that to me. We'll, we'll, we'll this post it as, as our podcast. It should be the thumbnail. Uh, Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. I think it's the best photo <laughs> <laughs> taken of me to date. Um, and it, it was a really good marker for me, too, as far as my progress goes. Um, but we'll get to that and in, in a minute. Um, <laughs> I bent my uh, riser bolts and twisted my forks and... Uh, that was not super fun on California highways. So I just noticed that Yun was online on Instagram and I did a little video chat and he was like, oh yeah, no, this is going to sound funny, but just loosen it and start smashing it as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. It worked. It sounds but... like professional advice. Yeah. <laughs> loosen and smash. <laughs> no, that is what you do. <laughs> the reason why you don't like completely unbolt it is because it's going to, it's already bent out of shape. If you unbolt it, you'll never get it to go back. That's why you kind of just loosen it enough to jam it back enough and then, and then tighten it again, at least temporarily. until you field yeah. fix. Until, until you get to the point where you can actually replace the bent part. Yeah, it was, it was great and a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we believe you. <laughs> it sounds like it, it worked for her, so we believe you, Yun. I remember I was in Yun's basement when that happened. And... Uh... <laughs> I'm so Yan. glad there were additional witnesses. Yeah, Yan, I was like, yo, what's going on? Yan's like, oh, Jackie, you were still Jackie back then. Jack, Jackie uh, dumped her bike. I was like, oh, that sucks. And I said that as I sat cozily in his basement drinking a warm cup of tea. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be in that position. That has actually uh, proven really useful, too, um, when I've been riding with other newer dirt riders. Um and, you know, that was that was very much my wake up call that <laughs> just because you have a bike that can do it doesn't mean you can. Uh, so I went and did five different trainings with BJ Hessler of DC Dirt Camp. And now my oh. favorite photo is of me sending the scrambler over logs and doing all kinds of stuff, water crossings. Uh, she really helped build my confidence in it. And now I've taken it on a bunch of trails and I'm going to go back and crush that BDR one day. <laughs> Not face um, down as, in the sand anymore. I can't make 
those promises, but at least not as often. <laughs> That's uh, the spirit. But I was able to help uh, other students who did the same thing with their riser bolts and have thought of Jan every time. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So my 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 uh, writing experience has been very interconnected and very based on just kind, helpful people and trying to pass that on as best as I can. So besides, like whenever your bar riser bolts are bent and you call Yana address that issue. Have there been any other personalities that have assisted you in learning how to work on your bike? Or has that been like an endeavor that you've learned by yourself along the way? Um, A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but mostly it's been people willing to help me um, learn how to do maintenance. Brad has been amazing about that. Um, It's not his favorite thing to do, work on bikes, but he's kind of like the grand wizard. So if you can... (laughs) catch his attention for long enough, you'll learn amazing things. Oh, word right on. Um, <laughs> I have a friend, Dominic, who actually enjoys it. So we work on them together a lot. Um, and I mentioned Kevin Stanley of Moto Chop Shop. If anyone listening is on the West Coast and has a Triumph, that is where you should be taking it. He is the nicest and best mechanic out there. But I do want to tell a little story about him. Um, when I shipped that Scrambler to California, it, for whatever reason, my, uh, when I'd gotten new tires on the rear uh, axle nut hadn't been torqued to spec. So it fell mm, off. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Is that single-sided swing arm too? No, it's double-sided swing arm. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Um, so thank God we noticed it because that would have, could have gotten really ugly. Could've. And yeah. I, I messaged Kevin because I, I knew he was in LA and I asked if he had it in part or had it in stock and he didn't, but he gave me the one off of his own bike because we have the same one. Oh, wow. And that's how I got to do that trip. Um, and he's since done all the maintenance and custom work on the bike and just couldn't find a nicer, better shop. Um, he's in DC. Chop shop. I wish I keep threatening to clone him and start a motor chop shop east, but he's actually in Van Nuys in LA. Oh, okay. I see now. But if anyone figures out teleportation or cloning, please let me know because I he needs to be the first subject. I should have that figured out pretty soon. I'll let you know. Perfect. So Jackie, I think you told me something about Mexico before. Did you write there? I did. I did do that. Um, (laughs) This was back in the Vulcan days. What was my invite? Thailand, Mexico? I'm stuck in the (laughs) U.S. Yeah, but you go all over the U.S. Uh, Not as exotic as a foreign country. Uh, I definitely got got some miles under my belt that first year, but I ended up following my friend from school, from grad school, who has parents who lived at the time in Ensenada. And I just followed her down across the border. Um, And that was another definitely uh, headfirst experience between the traffic in TJ and crossing the border and some of the inclines and some of the different pavements, again, on the Vulcan, which (laughs) is a great, it's a great bike for its given purposes, but I wouldn't call it a dual sport. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember when you cross over south of the border into Tijuana. I mean, like you're you just start off roading randomly, just because there's potholes everywhere. They're like crater size. Yeah. Like you're making the turn onto that beach because it comes in, and then you, you you kind of like you're forced to go right when you come through the gate, 
mm-hmm. and then you kind of just follow the row all the way to the beach and then right when you hit that beach area like there's just like giant like craters and we rode on evenness and i came in i was like okay i guess i don't have to go look for off-roading yeah <laughs> like, amazingly enough the bc and the baja california norte government has repaved that road since mm-hmm. um, so it's beautiful and i highly recommend that just taking the five from san diego all the way down um and if you end up in puerto nuevo you can get 20 dollars lobsters which are incredible Ooh. it's about an hour south of the border on that same highway uh it is gorgeous but where it says um where there are rock slide signs, do pay attention to that because there are often pretty big rocks on the road. So you say you went to um, Ensenada? I did. Oh, for that's New one. Year's, actually. That's one of my favorites. The food there is awesome. It's amazing. $20 and... lobsters? Dang, I got paid today, too. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, Jackie, one of the obvious questions, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but... Um, are there any challenges you face as a female writer? Um, do you feel it's different? Or I'll let you um, No, in some ways it's actually uh, almost better because there are a lot of really inclusive women's writing groups and there's kind of an instant bond of, and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of girls in the sport. I wouldn't call us a minority or anything like that, but there is a pretty quick bond of doing something that is traditionally considered kind of a, a guy's activity. Um, well, you guys are like a minority in, in the community, so. <laughs> Sometimes, I guess it depends on where you're located geographically. Um, but one thing, and Farida will uh, appreciate this, that I would say is a disadvantage is height. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm five foot nine and I've got a pretty long inseam and still most dirt bikes are not built for me. Um, the X... E, the scrambler I have has a, I think, 34 and a half inch seat height. So there's some. Oh, wow. That's pretty high. <laughs> it is. Um, I will say all my training with BJ really helped me get at DC Dirt Camp, helped me get good at hopping on one foot and tight maneuvers at low speeds. But I dumped it plenty of times getting to that point. Oh, join <laughs> the club. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there are writers who make it really easy. Like, Farida's favorite, Jocelyn Snow. <laughs> Make it look I mean, really easy. I did I, text her from the hospital right after my crash. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should, I don't know if you've talked about that on the podcast yet, but that was a really inspirational moment for me as well. Um, I will just say that they should, that I hope that especially dirt bike manufacturers start building things sort of like the Yamaha XT, which is great for girls who are shorter and want to build confidence on a dirt bike. I have one because it's super fun to just, I feel like uh, Donkey Kong riding it. <laughs> I'm a little too big for it. Um, so yeah, it would be great to see more dirt bikes geared towards shorter women. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was supposed to go with you, I think, to the DC Dirt Camp class. Uh, I think it was April 4th, but I crashed March 8th and the world stopped <laughs> March yeah. went a week after. <laughs> So, that yeah. that was definitely the week the world the DC dirt camp was uh, a bucket list thing for me but i'm glad you did that because i can always ride behind you <laughs> truly dirt or not <laughs> let's do it um i don't know if you've gotten a chance to talk about that on the podcast yet a dc dirt camp no you're uh 
and if you don't want to, feel free to skip this, but kind of your recovery. Um, oh, we have a whole episode dedicated you, you to Oh, yeah. You, you didn't listen to our crash episode? I don't know yet. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. Um, let's, say Fr- that- let's say Frida stole the show. <laughs> oh, come on. I went last with my only two crashes. You guys had like 15 and 7. She's like, I got True. one, but let me tell you about this one crash. <laughs> that is the end all be all, but there's, you know, and really Young's GoPro camera was not charged. Oh, Again, every fun. crash, his camera is not charged. I'm like, Yun, would you want footage of that? I mean, I make it a point to crash with you because you're good, you have good camera. <laughs> I, I don't have any writing footage or crash footage. I wasn't oh. expecting a crash. It was like a last minute casual thing. I wasn't even riding with you guys. I was just like, oh that's yeah, cute. I guess I can come out. And the second I got get out there, and then like that, that's when the crash I happened. Know. I saw him and I was like, oh, I, I was like all the crash. way in the back. I was like all the way in the back. <laughs> none of them are ever, uh, none of the really good Planned, ones are ever right? caught on camera. Um, <laughs> none of the crashes are No, planned. nor are they planned <laughs> unless, unless you're Brad making me ride the 80 in mud two weeks into riding, then those are pretty planned. Um, but that does remind me of my personal favorite crash of mine, which was Again at Brad's house and again on the XR80. <laughs> I really you should just avoid Brad's house. Well, this this was all my fault, to be fair. I asked him to teach me how to jump. Um, so we set up a little ramp in the backyard. Well, and, this doesn't sound good. Uh, <laughs> wherever you think it's going, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> so I was building up the confidence to kind of goose it before the ramp, um, just to get the front wheel up, especially on something that light and little. And I did it, and I landed back wheel first, and I was really excited, and then I realized I had to turn. Um, And there was just no way I was going to turn. So I low-sided it, I slid, not a big deal, but I hit this hay bale, and all of a sudden I hear this insane buzzing sound, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I've never had a concussion this bad, but I realized that the hay bale was home to a hornet's nest oh <laughs> they man. went up my sleeves my arms oh, like my god. <laughs> oh. Wow. oh my man. god i'm cringing so that just is thinking my best crush that. low side into a hornet's nest on a pit bike <laughs> that went from zero to 100 real fast yeah, it did. Oh my wow. god! Wow, I was thinking you went through the fence or something, but that's like so much worse. I thought something I happened with the bike. <laughs> no, bike was fine. I was fine. Had a great helmet on. No big deal. Just really swollen turkey leg arms. Oh my <laughs> god, Jackie! I love that you thought that it's a concussion and it's a pretty loud one. <laughs> I thought it was a concussion. Instead, it was a hornet's nest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's okay. Oh my god. <laughs> but that is my obituary byline. I think <laughs> so uh do you know if Brad has any more adventures planned for you? Because we know how Brad's adventures go. <laughs> Sounds like he tried to kill you twice so far. <laughs> he he's calmed down uh after learning a few lessons about about pyrotechnics. Um What is that? He's kind of well he Let's let's ask him actually. Brad, are you planning on reinstituting the flaming hoop this season? Okay. So he did weld I saw pictures of that. Yeah. He he <laughs> welded a hoop that he lights on fire and that same ramp I crashed into the beehive off of. Oh my uh, gosh. will be set back up. So we'll be doing that. Um but lately he's actually 
kind of done everything you can do on a motorcycle. I mean, this is this is a guest you should have on your podcast. Ask him about oh, absolutely multiple times he has sheared dirt bikes at the triple tree as he somersaulted over car roofs. <laughs> no, we are planning okay, to interview well. him because I remember him yeah. telling me how he started riding and he was on an <laughs> island and he took the same road back and forth and Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, I yeah. can't wait to interview Brad. He actually also started on a Vulcan, so maybe there's something to that. But I will I will save the details for him. He's really mastered the storytelling because they are great stories. Um, but lately he's gotten into hang gliding and paragliding, and that's his, his new wow. thing. Wow. Um, this is, so lots to ask this about This is there. astonishing. What's your new thing, Jackie? I know Mine? you can't be just... Yeah, you must be getting ready for something. Okay, that's true. Um, as of today, <laughs> actually... <laughs> so we have a couple conditions that uh, make this plan pretty perfect um i've got a huge dog named gus who loves the road he's a 155 pound great dane um size of a little pony yes uh, i hear that one a lot i call him my indoor dinosaur um <laughs> i'll be working from home until august and so i've decided that i'm gonna sell most of what i own and get a toy hauler and they make like 20 foot ones. I can put both bikes in it, hook it up to the Jeep and just go cross country with a Wi-Fi hotspot. Lawyer by day, traveling camper girl by night. And we're going to try to make it coast to coast and back again. How long are you going to be on the road for? Um, as long as I can, really. I've been, mm, I like that been answer. missing travel and been missing doing it in a you know, safe way now that people are getting vaccinated. Um, plus, we'll be totally self-contained in the trailer. But I also just want to go ride different terrains now. Like, I've, I've gotten fairly obsessed with dirt, so I'll be taking both the Scrambler and the XT. I want to go try sand again. Like I said, I'm going to I'm gonna hit that BDR one more time, and <laughs> we'll see how it goes this time. Man, I hate sand riding. That was the absolute worst experience in my life. It was yeah. just, it wasn't enjoyable. It was just a matter of surviving. That's what it was for me. <laughs> That's how it felt for me too. Um, yeah, maybe I'll get those big paddle tires like they all the dune buggies have. Oh, I'm you sure it'll those? make a difference, yeah. They're amazing. They look like paddle wheels on a steamboat. Oh, yeah. It's like Spot giant set of those scoops. On and go. Yeah, exactly. Did your motorcycle fix your parking issues in DC? <laughs> <laughs> It did actually. Um, That's the question you have to ask after the hornet's nest and like a flaming <laughs> loop and all this thing. I'm listening to all these stories and I'm thinking like, you know, upon reflection, I think I'm actually a very safe rider. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have come down as a, well, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say, I would say these were all controlled environments except for the obviously um i i definitely ate some humble pie on the bdr when i was thinking that just because the scrambler could do it that i'd be able to um but other than that these experiences have mostly been on pit bikes in backyards with uh all kinds of gear and stuff like that so as safe as you can be while being that stupid i guess but it, it all contributes right like experiences off-road and experiences just kind of pushing the limits of a smaller bike where the way you shift your weight and how just 
how your body position is, you really start to understand how that affects all motorcycles. That's really saved me in a lot of situations. Um, in wind, riding across sand that's been dumped on the highway, uh, hail storms, like anything really. Have you done any road trips on the on the tarmac? I have. So I did 2,000 miles in Southern California. I actually rode straight from Ensenada all the way up to Foreman. Um, Where's that? Northern this... California? Uh, almost Central California. It's. Oh, okay. I was going, I don't know if you're familiar with the 33 in Ojai, um, but I went to visit some friends at this farm called Quail Springs, um, and that was crazy. Uh, the the wind from the tractor trailers on the five was really intense and then crosswinds across the farms. Uh, I learned about what this one Norwegian guy calls the flappering knee. And I don't think that's the technical term for it, but just kind of hanging a limb off one side, like a ballast so that you're kind of taking the brunt of the crosswind rather than the bike. That was a, that was a weird technique to get used to, but really cool to learn early on. So, so, so you make yourself like a sail so that exactly. the wind hits you? Yeah. Yeah, you just like hang an arm off or hang a leg off, um, yep. which seems like it shouldn't make a difference. And then it does. But it does. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's all it's all been good experience, even even if it's landed me in hornet's nests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good experience, you know, yes. It, yeah. But did you die, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the ultimate question. I yeah. was introduced to riding. I broke some bones, uh, but I didn't die. <laughs> so, Yen, yeah, what was it that you always say? Uh, you only die once, so make it count. That's right. Hello. So, that. yeah. So, you know, I, I crash. I don't die. So I can crash again, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm still alive, guys. Burrito went full sun. Maybe a, a little bit too full. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's she's made something beautiful of that, too. Like, her recovery road has been incredibly inspiring and I'm, I'm willing to bet that that probably gave you some perspective and shifted some priorities and absolutely it's it's been a very um it's been a very good year i it was full of growth actually and um i don't believe things happen uh you know out of nowhere i believe everything is meant to be and it's meant to teach us something and to add something to our lives. So I know my crash sounds like a horrible thing and I probably traumatized a lot of people, but <laughs> it was um, it was meant to be and it taught me a lot and it helped me grow. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously wish that hadn't happened, but you know, going back to as long as you get another chance in some degree after that, it's all really part of the learning process. And I don't know, there's something to be said for a bunch of people who are taking that risk all the time. I think that most of us have our priorities pretty straight. Um, like there's just no time for anything other than showing up for each other and being kind and being supportive. And that's something I really love about the motorcycle community, which you, Farida, are forever a part of. Um, <laughs> you definitely, definitely win uh, all of all of 2020 for oh, redemption arcs. Yeah, I'm not trying to compete with her on that. She she can uh, <laughs> nope. take the crown. Not even my, take sure? the not crown. Even my hornets. <laughs> you don't want to take the 2021 one, so. Farida, you win. <laughs> No competition. Yeah. 
But so if you have one, Jackie, if you have one, um, one advice for people that are getting into motorcycling, what would that be? Um, I don't know. I don't want to be held to this one. I guess what's always worked for me is just going for it, but (laughs) ask, (laughs) jump in, jump, jump in, In but stay, stay consistent because the more experience you get and the more consistent you are with it, the safer you'll be, even though you're obviously kind of a liability starting out, uh, the, the quicker you get through that phase, the longer you'll be in this sport. Um, and don't be afraid to ask questions because there are truly kind and helpful people who really look forward to paying the advice that they themselves got, paying that forward. Uh, I know I'm one of them. I really love being able to, you know, help with whatever I can, whether it's cornering, thank you, Ian of Chiang Mai, (laughs) (laughs) or how to do an oil change, thank you, Brad. Um, It's just, it feels great to have gotten those under my belt enough to help others. So, you know, give people the opportunity to help you. Obviously, make sure they know what they're doing first. (laughs) But yeah, don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid to get better. Do you think you would still be into riding if it, if the communities that are around here did not exist or the people you met along the way, you never met, you would have never met? I can't even imagine it without them, but yes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it was made a lot more fun because I got to learn so much and experience so much. I think I would have been slower to branch out into finding the discipline I love because there are so many different types of riding, right? From track days to, you know, flat tracking a, a pit bike or anything in between. So I really got to find what I was passionate about thanks to the community, but God, there's just nothing like being on a motorcycle. I think I definitely have stayed in it. I think that's a good place to end our episode for today. Thank you for joining us, Jackie. Uh, if you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and join us next time on Break to Cycle Podcast.